0: Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. Look at verse 8. Let me start there. All that ever came before me, Jesus said, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not hear them. The real sheep are the sheep do not hear them. In verse 7, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Wow, what a word. And then Jesus really begins to let the cat out of the bag. He begins to teach on a level that in the Old Testament, it wasn't taught on like this. And Jesus's teaching was not just something you'd call practical, it was deeply spiritual. And of course he's God in flesh talking, so the impact is enormous. And he recorded that for us. And he said, let me tell you how that unseen realm begins to activate. Because there are all type of philosophies and thoughts and ideas about the unseen realm but Jesus knows how to give you the exact information that you need to have victory in the seen and the unseen realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't go to Madam X, you know, with the palm up here. All of that kind of stuff. She's a witch or she's a charlatan. He or she, that's all they are. Don't go to the kudendater. Get rid of the garlic in the window. My God, I'm preaching good. And I know this is going to blow someone's wig off, but whatever you do, stop reading a horoscope. Why do you think they call it horror? Stuff's of the devil. At the least, it will seed into you something that is not the the Word of God for your life. And your life is important. Don't you take your instruction from somebody else. You pray, you take it from the Word and the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and say, I told you he was ready to go tonight. You can just tell. I I don't even think I'd get out of the... I know, I better watch out. No, 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 no. We got visitors online watching for the first time. I I want them to know that God's such a good God. Verse 9, Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out. He said... He'll he'll go about his daily routine. He'll go in and out. And he'll do it through Jesus, the door. We're in the world. We're not of the world. We're in the kingdom of God. And we also are in the kingdom of this world. Uh, It's the great dichotomy, I call it, that all Christians and Jesus is talking about that. So it's not like we go on vacation and we're not Christians. It's not like we go and work on jobs. I don't care what the job is, but when you're there, you remember it's in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you keep your Christian walk and your faith and and your uprightness before God and you ask God for wisdom in those areas and you be the very best employee you can possibly be. You need to be the employee that anytime you work somewhere, they want you to never leave. They want you to be there because you, you're not a workaholic. No, no, no. You're a person who's focused on your dreams and vision and, and your plan coming to pass. So you put your hand to the plow. Somebody say, oh, he's a workaholic. Well, no, 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 we're not workaholics. No, we are focused on the plan of God in our life. And whatever we do, we're going to do with diligence. Are you all okay? Don't let anybody uh, put you down on that. Use wisdom in that. Budget and manage your time. Verse 10, look at this. And then Jesus said, Now the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He that is a hireling, he that is a hireling and not the shepherd who's on the sheep or not, he sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs off. And the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hireling flees because he's a hireling. And he really doesn't care for the sheep. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And I know my sheep and am known by my sheep. And I'm known of mine. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad we serve a good God? Now, let me just talk to you a a couple of things because I want you to get this real strong in your spirit. The enemy will work overtime to try to get you to think that God doesn't love you enough or that just because God loves you doesn't mean that he will hear and answer your prayer. But Jesus, anytime he talks about himself, he always talks about himself and about uh, uh, our father also. He always talks about him in this light of goodness and of love and of protection and of power and healing and, and provision and all of those things. So let's just assume that he really meant it when he said it. Hallelujah. You say, well, why does God love me so much? Well, it's really simple because you belong to him and you're made in his image and his likeness. And, and the prototype that he made originally, Adam, Uh, had all three of those parts. He had a spirit, a soul, and a body. And then, of course, God began to duplicate it. And today, now we are where we are. With all of the issues that have come in because of Adam's fall, they were inherent. They passed on, the Scripture says. But there's coming a day when the second man, Adam, Adam wasn't the first man, Jesus, but Jesus was the second man, Adam, Adam being the beginning, the first. And Jesus was the firstborn from the dead, the Bible says. He was justified in spirit. Oh, my goodness. If I get over on that, we will be there for a while. And so uh, the scripture says he was the first one who went in for us and made the way back. That's why he put on uh, an Adamic form uh, as the seed of Adam. He looked like a human, like a man. You say, what's Jesus look like in heaven? He looks like a man. I'm sure he has red hair and blue eyes. That's my story. I'm sticking with it. You can see him any way you want to, but we do know he's a man. He said, in the manner I went away, I'm going to come back. And we know how he went away. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And so he begins to talk about how to be victorious by recognizing the enemy. He says the thief, everyone say thief. Write these things down if you're, if you're doing it. Put them up on the screen for me if you would. If they don't have them up there already, there they are. The thief, uh, the Greek word for thief is the word kleptos. And uh, guess which word we get from that? Say it out loud. You got it. Klepto, kleptomaniac. Thief, it's one who will steal. It could be the act of stealing. It means to exploit in an artful way, oftentimes a very sophisticated way, using thievery, deception, cunning, things of that nature. Uh, And he calls him the thief. It's a type, of course, of the devil. How many of you think we ought not pick up the devil's traits and characteristics? He says the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. The word steal... Put the word steal up and let's, let's look at that. It's also another tense of the word. It's like the verb, the action part of that particular noun. And it says, he comes to steal. And it just means like a bandit, like a pickpocket. It means uh, someone who is taking from you. And anything that steals your joy, steals your life, steals your uh, blessings, Steals that goodness of God that God is uh, trying to uh, cause you to walk in and pursue you with goodness and mercy behind you. But if something's always stealing that from you, I can just tell you straight up, it isn't God that's stealing it. He's the good shepherd. And as we go in and out uh, into the world and back into uh, as we're walking everywhere we go and we live the life that we live, uh you can be sure your adversary is going to try to kill, steal, and destroy. Look at the word for kill right there. That's an interesting word. The word kill says he comes to steal. To kill is the word thuel. And the word thuel doesn't just mean to murder, but it's a word that was actually used. Now, it could imply murder, but it's a word that's actually used as a sacrificial animal. If they were to bring and to kill or to slay an animal... Uh, the, the Greek word for it there is the word phuo, an interesting thought. Listen, hell would like to sacrifice your blessing on the altar of not enough, of pain, of sin, uh, of the curse. But Jesus said, I'm going to give you a heads up right now, and then I'm going to give you power against all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any mean overcome you. King James says, it'll not harm you. Oh, that's why we need the Holy Ghost. That's why we need the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You remember when Jesus went through his temptation out in the wilderness, he would just say, it is written, it is written, it is written. He would speak the Word of God. Every time it's like he was stabbing the devil right there, just stabbing him just stabbing him, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. And he allowed himself to go through those temptations in his humanity and his deity because he was both. He allowed that to take place. So you and I would understand that in your humanity, as long as his deity lives in you, his spirit lives in you, that's not a metaphor of some kind, it's reality. The spirit of God is within you. Oh, if you'll just use the word of God in your humanity with his godliness in you, you can overcome any attack that's trying to fuo, that's trying to sacrifice you on the altar of, 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 of hell's attack. Does that make any sense? Come on, somebody shout the word. It says he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. The word destroy, and I'm going to do this for 10 more minutes and that's all. The word destroy is an interesting word. And right here, the word destroy, there's three main words in the New Testament uh, for the word uh, destroy. This word right here is the word apolumai. And the word apolumai just means literally to ruin something, to, to bring it back down to ground zero, to destroy it. He said, the thief comes but for to steal, kill, and to destroy he said, I just want to ruin your family. want to ruin your marriage is what the devil's trying to do. That's why we don't play games with the kingdom of darkness. Right. We're cautious what we watch on television. Oh, my goodness. You say, Pastor, if you preach like that, people think you're just trying to control their life. No, why don't you just control your TV? Uh, your life's your business. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Someday I think we'll have a TV altar call. <laughs> Cell phone also called or something. No, we won't. That's between you and God. But Jesus said, it's very important that you use wisdom in those areas because hell is trying to take your marriage back down to nothing and destroy your finances down to nothing and destroy your health and cause it to get worse and worse instead of better and better. And that's what the thief comes to do. That's because he's a thief. You cannot play games with the devil. He does what he does because he's a wolf. And wolves have inside of them a thing to kill sheep. They don't have to eat them. If they just see them out in a pasture in a sheepfold, a wolf will attack them and kill them without ever eating a bite of them. It's in the nature of a wolf to do that. If it's hungry, you'll eat it. It's in the nature of a wolf, though, just to kill a sheep. Isn't that an interesting thing? Well, your adversary, the devil, is not to be trifled with in any way, but you are to exercise your dominion and authority on a regular, consistent basis if you sense anything that's trying to steal, kill, or destroy the goodness of God around your life. Come on, you ought to clap your hands to the Lord right there, just one time. Speak the Word of God. That's why we gather together and pray. That's why we have the praises of God, the high praises of God in our mouth. Glory to God. That's that's why we're careful what we put in our bodies. Give me another big amen. Amen. You say, oh, you're being legalistic. Would you please get off of that? No, no, no. God's not trying to take your fun away from you. He's trying to keep you alive long enough till you get a revelation on how to be used by God and how to be blessed in life. You and your whole household. It's good to serve the Lord. I said, it's good Amen. to serve the Lord. He said, but I've come that you can have life. There's two predominant words for life in the Bible. One is the word B-I-O-S, bios. And it's the word for physical life. It could be plant life. It could be anything that just has life to it, natural life, bios. We get the word biology from it and, and things of that nature. But then Jesus took it up another level right here in John 10. He said, I've come that you might have zoe. And zoe is the God kind of life. It's the life that is blessed. And the reason it's blessed is because you have a revelation of who the enemy is. And you can, with the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, you can then act on that and you can cause to flee are to negate and destroy what's trying to destroy you. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 And so that's the life of God. The life of God doesn't just mean that we sit around, you know, kind of with a brown robe and a yellow rope tied around us, singing kumbaya, kumbaya, kumbaya. The devil of kumbaya, your brains, if you're not careful. No, you've got to rise up in Jesus' name. I said, rise up and be strong in the Lord and, be, and let the joy of the Lord. You know the one thing that is not in hell? Joy. There is no joy in hell. The most popular name in hell is Jesus. If only I would have responded to the message of Jesus. You can be sure that's the number one sentence. Oh, but thank God you and I have been delivered from the power of darkness. Now let's walk in that victory wherein Christ has set us free, the Bible says. Uh, and we will be free indeed. Or are, are in reality, totally, actually free. All oh, glory to God. And so I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, and the word abundantly right here, once again, Jesus just puts it out there for us. Uh, the word periosis, and it means above and beyond what is normal, extraordinary, uh, a stretch beyond it, exceeding. He said, I've come that you can have life and have it more abundantly, above and beyond even what you need in the natural. I know God supplies our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But he always adds these particular things about his provision. He he, he says, I supply your need according to my riches and glory. Not according to your need, but according to my riches. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. All the gold and the silver, the Bible says, belongs to him. What is your need? I don't believe God just wants to heal you just enough to get by. I think God wants to heal you and make you whole. Yes. And according to the word, restore to you, multiply everything your adversary, the devil, tried to take from you. Come on, somebody shout abundant life. Abundant he said, I've come that you can have abundant life. Obviously, that's where the name of this church came from. 35 years ago with John 10.10. When I got that revelation as just a a young man in my early 20s and that began to go off in my spirit, I said, uh, for me and my house, I will never be poor. I grew up with poor. I know what poor is. We came out of a particular mindset of uh, of faith and uh, that loved God dearly and almost thought if God blessed you financially, you must be doing something wrong. That God, uh, especially the preachers, And then we started reading the Bible and found out there's not a Bible for preachers and a Bible for non-preachers. No, exactly the opposite. Uh, Every man and woman should believe the Word of God and act on it. Come on. How many of you believe God for increase in your life? Why don't we use the word abundance? Somebody shout abundance. Jesus said, I've come to give you abundance. Abundance. Now, the Bible says in, uh, go to 1 John, if you would please just put that verse up for me. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8, I want to show you this word again because there's three primary words and I'm almost done. My time's about up for this evening. Are you learning anything? 1 John chapter 3, he that committeth sin is of the devil. The word committed sin literally means whoever has an ongoing sin nature in their life. How many of you are glad that God, the Bible says, blessed is the man to whom God will not impute sin to your spirit. Can I get a better amen? Amen. Look, sin is a factor in every person's life. Not necessarily in the relationship with God, but in your fellowship and your effectiveness, you can be sure that sin is a major uh, impact. And it is also a door that hell can use to come in and out against you unless you rise up and make a decision to turn from it, which the Bible says to repent. So you turn and you just ask God for the power of the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus and of the Holy Spirit and the word of God in your life. And you break the power of sin off of your lifestyle and off of your life because it has an effect. One of the great men of God who was a, a true spiritual father in my life, Dr. Lester Summerall said it like this. He said, sin will make a fool out of you. Oh, my goodness. Want me to tell you a quick story? Y'all got, will you give me two extra minutes? So I'm preaching out in Temecula, California one, uh, one time at a big conference, and I was speaking in part of it, and Dr. Lester Summerall was speaking in part of it. So Brother Summerall, uh, we were at the hotel and when he found out I was there, you know, uh, we, we had a, a wonderful relationship. When he found out I was there, he said, uh, he said, how many of you have heard of Lester Summerall? Yes. Wave your hand. You heard of him? Many of you have. He, he's a, a great prophet of God uh, from years ago, a pastor and a prophet of God and an apostle. Uh, he, he said, and he talked like this. Pastor Hollam. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, sir, Dr. Summerall. How are you doing? I always trembled with the fear trembling when he spoke to me, especially when I was younger. And, uh, he said, I want to ride to church with you tonight. I said, yes, sir, I'll carry you if you want me to, you know. <laughs> yes, sir, Dr. Sorrell. He said, I don't want to ride with anybody else. I want to ride with you. I said, oh, yes, sir, I'll pick you. What time do you want to go? What time do I need to be there? I said, here's what time. He said, okay, I'll be right down there. So I met him down in the, in the hotel. And I mean, this guy traveled and helped build churches in over a hundred nations. He was about one character step away from being a Bible character. And uh, he's an amazing man. So anyway... Uh, I picked him up down there and we talked all the way to, actually, he talked, I listened, all the way to the, because uh, I learned to do that years ago. When you get around people that can impart something to you, uh, just uh, don't be quick to speak, the Bible says, be, be wise. So anyway, so I get him there to the uh, to the place. When we'll we go in, he says, now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come down off of the stage after I pray for people and minister. I want you standing right there by the stage. Say, yes, sir, Dr. Like Sumrall. So y'all sure y'all want to hear this? Amen, I said, yes, sir, I'll be there. He said, now when I come down, he was, he was about 75 at that time, 70 or 75. He said, you take my arm and just walk me right on back to the pastor's office. Well, turn it back over to the pastor and just walk me on back to the pastor's office. I said, yes, sir, I'll be like Sure. So uh, it was powerful service. He ministered a great message call. I still remember it today. They don't live here anymore. That was the name of it. So what are you going to do for God today because they don't live here anymore? Other great people of God. It was a great message. So anyway, after the altar calls and after he prayed for people and stuff, I met him right there. I said, oh, Dr. Summerall, you ready to go? He said, I'm ready. So we just take off walking. <laughs> so we're going on back toward the pastor's office, which is about from here to the front door out there. And so as we're going that direction, Dr. Summerall says, "Uh, "Where's the bathroom?" (laughs) My God, I didn't even know he had to go to the bathroom. You know, ever (laughs) thought guys like that didn't even have to go. So anyway, I said, "Uh, uh, "I I believe it's right down there, brother Summerall. It's that door right down there." He said, "All right, I'm gonna go into the bathroom, and I don't want anybody to come in there, and I don't want to talk to anybody. You stand by the door." I said, "Sure, be happy to do that. I'm a I'm a good servant." So I'm standing by the door. And thankfully, he came out. I didn't have to body slam anybody. <laughs> you know, that would have been a mess, wouldn't it? And so um, he comes out. He says, OK. So we start walking. Off, and as we start to walk off, there's a particular person who says, Dr. Sumrall, Dr. Sumrall, uh, uh, can, uh, can I take your picture? He said, "Well, I guess so, sure. And, uh, you know, he, he turned. He was tired. He'd been traveling a lot. He kind of adjusted himself. And this person started to take a picture. And just as they started to take the picture, he, uh, they went, You know, Dr. Sumrall, one time I was over and you were... He said, just take the picture. (laughs) And then he turned to me and said, I told you I didn't want to talk to anyone. I'm went, i so sorry, Dr. Sumrall. It was all my fault. I'm just so sorry. So we go, I I get him in the pastor's office. Sometimes you have to pass the test. You know what I mean? You say he doesn't bother you? Nah, it really didn't. As far as I was concerned, he was qualified to tell me to crawl in that office and I'd have done it. And so... Anyway, uh, we go in there and said, he said, sit down. Uh, i get you a pencil and paper. He said, I want to tell you how to run your race and finish your course. Wow. I thought, my God, this is Lester Sumrall telling me, uh, just some upstart preacher, how, how to run my race and finish my course. Yeah. My God. I, got my, I had a yellow pad. I always bring notes. You know, y'all know me, I'm a note taker. I get all ready. He said, are you ready? I said, yes, sir. And he's sitting like this right here looking at me. And he went, no. Sin! Just screamed it as loud as you can scream it. He just screamed it so loud. That was it. That was it. So let me tell you how to run your race and finish your course. Don't sin. Amen. Only he didn't say don't sin. Shout it out loud with me. Don't sin! Oh, That's how he said it. Then I had to go to the bathroom. I was 1 John 3.8, in conclusion this evening. 1 John 3.8, For, for <laughs> he that commits sins of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. How many of you glad God does not com, com, uh, impute sin to your account, the Bible says, Hallelujah. once you're in Jesus Christ? Amen. Now, sin has a wage. And if you knowingly involve yourself with sin, or if you unknowingly involved, the enemy can be... That's why you need to always be talking to God about your life. Amen. Because as you go along in Christ, you'll find there are little... Sometimes a little adjustment yes. can make a, a, an amazing impact in your life. And he said, he that commits sins of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. How many of you are glad you got a new beginning in Jesus? Amen. Come on, you were born again. Yes. You got a new nature. Yes. So just because you have committed a sin does not mean that you're of the devil. If you have now that new beginning, uh, the Apostle Paul writes so much about it in Romans, and so use wisdom in those areas. And if you have that godly nature inside of you, I don't know anyone who has a godly nature in them that actually wants to sin. So rise up and serve the Lord and turn from anything that you know that God is not pleased with in your life. And just watch how the, the, the fellowship that you have with God and the effectiveness spiritually, physically, mentally, all of those things begin to become even more effective in your life as you know that you're turning from those. Because there's plenty of opportunities. Look, you'll have every opportunity in the world to sin. Just don't take them. Hallelujah. Just because they pop up around you doesn't mean you got to participate in it. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all okay? Hallelujah. And so uh, he says, he that commits sins of the devil is the devil sins from the beginning. But for this purpose, there's always a purpose, you see. Hallelujah. For this purpose, Jesus, the Son of God, was manifested. He, he came and, and came on the scene totally and revealed himself, manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now here's that word destroy again. And the Bible says Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, which started back in the garden also. But he'll destroy those works. And that particular word destroy right there is the Greek word L-U-O, luo. Everyone say luo. Luo. Now it's not that same word that we saw uh, earlier in John 10.10. That's a different word. Uh, it's not apoluma, but it's the word luo. And the word luo means to untie or to unloose. It could be unwrap or untangle. It could mean to unbraid something. Come on, you got to get this in your spirit and, and we're done with it right now. It says, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to untie and unloose, unwrap, untangle, unbraid, all of the works of the devil that try to uh, build up around you, yoke you up. It says for this purpose, uh, when hell tries to just weave anger and strife and hatred and racism and immorality and lying and stealing and, Killing and all of those kinds. Tries to weave that fear. Tries to weave it into your life. I mean, hell to tell you something bad's going to happen to your kids. And you're like, nope, not buying into that. Thank God Jesus was manifested to keep me unwrapped from all of that stuff. Unloose, unloose. It's the same word that Jesus used when he was talking about Lazarus. He could have used a catargio which means to like destroy something and and annihilate it. For instance, the scripture says in 1 Timothy that when when the Son of Man returns, that He will destroy uh, the Antichrist, the Bible says, with the brightness of His image, the brightness of His coming. He said, I'm going to wipe Him out. I'm going to destroy Him totally. Uh, katergeo, that's a whole different word than apolumai or this word luo. King James just gives us the word destroy. Uh, when Jesus was at Lazarus' tomb and Lazarus came out and he's all he's all bound up and Jesus said, unwrap him, unloose him, let him go. His face was bound with a napkin and Jesus turned to him and said, loose him, luo, unwrap him, untangle him because they had swaddling clothes they're called. And a swaddling clothes, Jesus was laid in swaddling clothes and it's the same kind of clothes that are used also when they would embalm someone and they would wrap them up. That's an interesting thing. Maybe that was just uh, God's way of letting you and I know that Jesus came as a little infant and one day he was going to die for us also. Maybe that's what from the very beginning, he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. I'm not sure why God had him wrapped in swaddling clothes. But one thing's for sure, when he comes to Lazarus and Lazarus comes out, he he said, Luo, unloose him, untie him, Uh, get the knots out, Uh, set him free. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, if you get that in your spirit, sometimes it'll get your hands free. You'll throw them up to the Lord it'll get your feet free and you'll begin to dance and shout and give God the praise. It's wonderful when you get a revelation and it just looses you in your praise. And you say, I'm not tangled up with my own personality. I'm not tied up with my own feeling of inferiority or insecurity. When it comes to my God, oh, hallelujah." hallelujah. For that purpose, the Son of God was manifested. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good Word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, men and women, i found, are so generous when the Word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, It would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.